You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. This is Jasper. And this is Randy. And we're celebrating New Year's Eve. That's right. Hey, how's it going, Welcome. everybody? It's it's a new year. This episode 2019, 2019 <laughs> which is insane. Uh, this episode's going up on New Year's Eve. So you probably won't listen to this until, you know, you've dealt with your hangover in the next coming days. <laughs> you lush. <laughs> how how many of those New Year's resolutions have you already broken? <laughs> Six. Six of them. <laughs> yeah, so no, we thought we'd just drop we got, you know, we wanted to drop a this is actually this is an off week for us because uh, we just released our Christmas episode last week, a week ago. Normally, of course, we're every two weeks. But we thought we'd drop this. We had kind of had an idea for a look back on our first year of being being a podcast of Grolic Cinematic Universe. As we step into 2019, I thought we'd take a look at GCU in 2018 and kind of uh, get some of our you know, our favorite, our thoughts on our favorite moments, our favorite pitches. And then also I kind of wanted to grill Jasper because this is his first podcast, like his, his first podcast. Rookie. So I wanted to see how he feels about GCU in 2018. What what do you think, Jasper? How do you feel about the show so far? I think we've done pretty well. We're almost what to 20 episodes now, or this will be, uh, this will be, this will be unnumbered. This will be on numbered, but this will be the twentieth episode, yeah. technically. So, I mean, it's been it's got me back into movies like other than, <laughs> as we always joke, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. But it's been fun to to go back and see some of the movies that I watched as a child and don't really remember because I have the memory of a squirrel. But it's you know it's good to good to go back and and go back into an art that I I like get more passionate about as we go. Yeah. That's one thing I used to be a huge movie guy and I just kind of stopped watching. I mean, it's not like I totally stopped watching movies, but I stopped watching them regularly. Part of it I think is TV got so good. There's some just, it seems like there's always at least one. Most of the time there's like four and then none for a couple months, but there's always at least one just standout TV series and so most of the time I kind of sink, sink my, when I do a lot time to viewing, I'll sink it into that, but I miss movies, man. And this has been a great excuse to not only, like you said, watch some movies, but also watch some movies from my childhood. And we're going to, we, we hit that pretty hard last week, but also movies that are maybe outside of my viewing, my normal viewing stuff I either wouldn't have seen, or I wouldn't have revisited, uh, you know, I don't know, some, something like The Wasp Woman, which is not outside of the kind of stuff I would watch, but I probably wasn't ever going to watch The Wasp Woman. And I'm glad I did. It was enjoyable. And I like talking movies. Like, even if I right. haven't, even if I'm not watching them as often as I used to, 
I always like talking movies. Yeah, I think I think it also comes down to like when you came up with the concept of, of making the universe and making like putting two movies in the same universe. I think it's always I think that's always been in the back of our head when watching movies. It's like, oh, how would this fit into another movie? Or like, how would these movies all come together? You know. So Jasper, what do you hope to see? from GCU or hear from GCU, what do you hope to do with the podcast in 2019? Well, on that, I think I would like to devote more time to the podcast or, you know, and creating the universes. I think to kind of make that the cinematic universe part portion better, you know, and take more time to devote time to making the story that good. Dude, I totally feel you because I think, especially season two, season two is about to wrap and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But at the beginning of season two, we were coming off the the season one finale where we wrote out our pitches and I produced that whole third pit, 20 minute long pitch idea. And yes, I realize if anybody's paying attention, I still owe the fourth pitch, even though we're about to finish season two (laughs) because it takes time. But that's exactly that's a season three tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that's exactly it. Is is we started season two, and I wrote out my Hellraiser seven cinematic universe, and and I like that. I think I like doing that. You did that a couple times in the first season, and I was like, I think the pitches have changed. I think this is the show now. And then the whole rest of the second season has just been back to like winging it, <laughs> and it's because it is a time crunch. So. Hopefully, for me, in 2019, I can better nail down my time management to devote more time to making the pitches better. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's definitely an aspect that I'd like to focus on myself. So one thing I'd like to do in 2019, and this is something across the board. I want to do this more on on Grolic's podcast, too. But I think our guests on our show would be different. I'd like to have more guests. I'd definitely like to reach out to more people, other podcasters. Maybe some filmmakers. It'd be cool to to reach out to some some indie filmmakers and have them on to talk movies. Jasper, so far, what are your favorite moments of the show? What are your favorite some of your favorite moments? Not necessarily pitches yet, because we'll get to that. But what are some of your favorite moments of doing the podcast of the podcast this in 2018? The one of the one of the funniest moments or best moments to be was the first moment we had, which I think is now a Patreon thing, and I can't find it. But where we are, where you're yelling at me about the, the mic, like the first, the first bit we had. I want this on record. The first words said to you on our new podcast, I will slap the living <laughs> out of you if you don't behave right on that goddamn microphone. <laughs> yes, you blow into that mother. I swear to God, dude, you know why this spins around? So I can slide it around like a cartoon. It'll slap your face every time it goes by. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew this is what it was going to be. <laughs> that lasted like 5.3 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how did you know I was doing it? Because you got quiet. Because you're like a child. It's when you get quiet is when you know something's wrong. <laughs> you're going to get so hurt. I would say creating the stories has been one of the, my favorites. Like the RoboCop, Judge Dredd, Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. creating that was fun and then just the moments like that we've had where you just laugh and 
Yeah, like having Jesse on and having Jesse do his cinematic universe, and then Dustin. You know, it's. I think, like you said, I think it would help us a lot to get more guests this season because I think that I like that dynamic of of having another mm-hmm. person. Oh yeah, I agree. I like it a lot. Those are yeah, having Jesse on for the wasp uh, wasp woman and ants episode and having Dustin on just a few episodes ago for Jack and Big. Those are definitely two highlights of of doing the show so far. I've enjoyed having guests on quite a bit, especially those two guys because they. You know, I've podcast with both of them many times. Obviously, Jesse's uh, the regular co-host of Grolic's podcast, so they were great on the show. But it's fun to talk to them, and I love, I love the cinematic universes, <laughs> their their pitches. I love what they brought to it. Those are those are a lot of fun. So yeah, I agree. It would be very cool to have more guests in the future. And then also, I would say the season one finale, having submitted pitches. Okay, before that. Shout out to Matt D for, I believe he submitted, I could be wrong, but I think he submitted the first guest cinematic pitch and it was unsolicited and, uh, it was just for, it was for the, uh, the thing, big trouble in little China episode. So my other thing, other than having guests is guest pitches because that right. was great. And then season one finale, which the most of that episode was just guest pitches, we had Je- Jesse sent in an audio recording of his pitch, and we had several other podcasters send in their pitches, and we read some pitches that people wrote, wrote in. Like, I love that. That was awesome. Basically, anytime we get to interact with other people on the show has been pretty great. And then one of the most memorable moments of the show is something none of the listeners will ever hear because it's not recorded in any, in any medium. But was it the first episode, Jasper, that we went to record that we drove up here in the blizzard? Yeah. Yep. Me and Jasper, it was. we risked our lives to record that first episode. To come up to my house after we had got off work, he followed me up here. And I live about, you know, roughly 20 minutes outside of the major city we were working. Blizzard conditions, no visibility on a highway at night. He followed me up here. I I think that was probably the worst road and weather conditions I've ever driven in. It was horrifying. I don't know how we didn't die or at least get stuck somewhere. That I don't know how we stayed on the road, honestly. You couldn't see the road. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to paint the picture, this is a country road. There's no street lights at one point, and it's just me and Randy's headlights. Another thing is this, this particular road, the speed limit is 65 at one point. Yeah, no, I, yeah, this is... Now you said it was we a country. We did fifteen, <laughs> dude, and fifteen seemed too fast. Still, no. You said this was a country road, but what you mean? This was a this is a highway, sixty five miles per hour, a curvy highway, mind you, but it is like it's in a rural area. It's through yeah. countryside until you hit town again, and so there's no lights. Thankfully, and there was some oncoming traffic, but thankfully, not much. After a while, we were the only idiots on the road, and we did do like. 15 miles per hour almost the whole time. Yeah, it took us a good, I think, 45 minutes to an hour to get to your place, which is normally what, like a 15-minute drive? 15, 15 minutes, yeah. And what's bad, too, is, I mean, even as a highway, it's a two-lane highway. So there's your lane and the opposing lane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we mess up or they mess up, it's it's game over. It was horrifying. It was horrifying. There were times when I couldn't see, and I'm just like, I guess I'm just going to, keep slowly driving forward. (laughs) 
Yeah, so that's one of the most memorable moments of the podcast for me, even though it's not directly <laughs> a podcast thing. But that's how the show started. That's dedication. That's dedication. And then we watched Baywatch and Knight Rider 2000. Yeah, <laughs> we should have died in the snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you so, would have been better off. <laughs> all right, let's move this. Fortunately, we didn't. <laughs> and uh, we went on to to do several cinematic universes. Some of them, I'm not ashamed to say, some of them are definitely better than others. Yep. Some of them are, most of them are, we just whip it out. That sounds bad. We just wing it. <laughs> oh, my God. You ready for your pitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just whip this out. You know, a lot of them were just winging it. But honestly, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because... That's sometimes you get gold, like the writing, the pitches out. I enjoy, and I'd like to do more of, but there's something about really just like not having any clue until you get into it and then just winging it and let the universe come together because sometimes you do that. And sometimes you discover that if you combine uh, total recall and blade runner, you get terminator, you know, sometimes that stuff just happens. <laughs> so Jasper, uh, the previous 19 episodes, What's some of your favorite pitches that we've done? Well, I know I always go for the RoboCup uh, Judge Dredd one. Oh, but it's great. Yeah, that that one I'm very happy with because I feel like that's the one I spent the most time on. Well, I'd say that, dude, I think that's definitely like, this sounds a little over the top and grandiose, but like a watershed moment for our pitches because that was Mm -hmm. the first one where you wrote out and like, I don't know, that one was just different. And it's like, wow, these can be insane. These pitches can just be insane. In fact, I like that one so much, I'm going to make the listener listen to it right now. So enjoy this little, you didn't know you were in it for a clip show, listener. You are. Here's what Jasper's was talking about. My setting for my new movie is in 2100, okay? Okay. Because RoboCop would pretty much live forever, you know. Anyway, so the year is 2100, okay? So after, as Dread ends... So after Dredd drives his motorcycle off into the sunset, he heads for a place in the cursed earth. Okay. Detroit. He's heading to Detroit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I went Michael Jackson for a moment. When he gets there, he finds out that it has been overran by gangs since the police force went on strike in 2043. Okay. Okay. Actually, because I remember Robocop was 2043 and then it was okay. way later. Now most of Detroit is rubble, but he soon finds out that downtown Detroit is still guarded by none other than a robot with a badge. Dredd immediately goes to make contact with the robot and finds out that Murphy has survived all these years thanks to a single-man raid of the Gerber Baby Food Factory on the west side of town in 2050. (laughs) Nice detail. (laughs) Dredd meets Robocop and the two exchange formalities and devise a plan to take down the gangs. Dredd wants to find all of them guilty of rioting and destruction of government property and sentence them all to death for being lawbreakers all this time. Robocop wants to put them behind bars, but wants to return the order to the city. Dredd does not like his nicer approach, okay? Because Dredd's a little bit of a badass. Dredd and Robocop know they have to get to the OCP's old headquarters to get more firepower. They get there, and Robocop finds some sentry bots and decides to hack them so he can use them to patrol the streets while the two are busy being them he loads their guns with only stun bullets and continues on the day um they take back half the city in a week dread has killed most of the gang leaders with while robocop has made sure all the arrests have been made with the lower end criminals 
this is where this is where this movie takes a dark turn, okay? During one of the raids, Dredd and Robocop are confronted by two boys playing with water guns on the first floor of this oh. of this place, oh, okay? No. Okay. <laughs> one accidentally points his pistol at Dredd and is immediately matched up or snatched up by him, excuse me, not matched up, snatched up by him. And he he tells the kid, You are charged with attempted murder on a peace officer. How do you plea? He goes, I plead not guilty, sir. It's just a water gun. Dredd uses his helmet scanner to determine the, the, the origin of the water. Yeah, with water from Flint, Michigan. It's deadly, son. <laughs> Retaining the social commentary for Robocop. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. So, so because I believe way of the future, we still won't solve that issue. Oh, no. Anyway. Wow. Dredd proceeds to judge him and shoot him for his crime. Robo voices his concern to Dredd and wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. So Dredd blows the way, the kid away. Yeah, yeah that okay. kid's dead. Okay. <laughs> that kid's dead, dude. Okay. <laughs> Dredd is kind of crazy at this point because of all the things that have happened in Dredd. Robo Robo voices his concern to Dredd and knows he doesn't like the criticism. As they are leaving, Robocop notices that his car has been set ablaze. <laughs> so Robocop just proceeds to commandeer another vehicle. For doing that, Dredd yells, Grand Theft Auto, minimum 10 years, how do you plead? Oh, no. Robo, taken aback, pleads not guilty and proceeds to get in the car. Noticing Dredd is not playing, he says not guilty. <laughs> okay. As the argument continues, Robo playfully punches Dredd in the arm. Attempted murder with a deadly weapon, seeing as he has an augmented arm. <laughs> okay. You can't do this. You can't do this. We're on the same team, Robocop yells at him. I know you would say that. Oh, no. Dredd brings the gun up to his face and says into the gun, EMP rounds. <laughs> then shoots Robocop dead by multiple EMP rounds, thus overloading his circuits. Come to find out why Robo wasn't looking, he put real bullets in the drones and declares martial law and kills everyone in Detroit. <laughs> then. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I loved it, dude. I love that pitch. Okay, What's your next one? What else you got? There's Big Blue Trouble, Little China, and... Uh, the Thing? The Thing. The Thing. That was a good one, just because how that kind of turned at the end. Here's my pitch. Jack Burton leaves San Francisco. He has another encounter because that monster's still on the back of his truck. And he decides, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to just go. I'm going to keep driving. I'm going to go. I'm done with this. This is craziness. He ends up in Antarctica because that's about as far away as you can get. That's probably not true. You just go to the other side of the world. But, you know, there's not going to be any crazy low pan uh, spirit sorcerers or anything around there. And he's still doing transport. He's the pilot. He's a little bit more negative and quiet now, but whatever. Right. Well, then the thing happens. He did have to change his name, of course, because that's how these things go. Then the, the movie, the thing happens. And as him and Childs are waiting to die... And all of a sudden there's a, I guess a, a snow cat or something, you know, some type of vehicle comes in and out hops Egg Shen. And he's like, Jack. <laughs> and Jack's like, I don't go by that name anymore. He's like, Jack, I need your help. <laughs> so, uh, because Jack, he's not going back to China. He's going on vacation. You know where he was going to vacation? The Arctic. <laughs> Like, random snowcat just <laughs> so, 
<laughs> like he had to get from San Francisco. <laughs> Jack drove his semi up there. Some, somewhere along the lines, just, learned learned how to f- become a pilot. I just picture like Top of Canada, just, just a semi driving into the water. <laughs> he got there. Well, no, then he he really lost his truck, and that's when he learned. Oh, I'm, this I'm going to become a pilot. Then I can cinematic, just go anywhere. The cinematic universe also brought on ice truckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Ice Truckers is a spinoff of this. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. Um, it's telling the full tale of the the trail that Jack Burton blazed. So that trail is not going to be, that trail is going to be short-lived, however, my friend, because it turns out between child Childs and what's his name, one of them is the thing. It's McCready. So the rest of the movie is actually the adventures of Egg Shen and Keith David as Childs because they got it. Sorry, McCready. Yep. That took the wind out of your sails, didn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Why he changed his name is because that intro scene to Big Trouble in Little China, some government agencies after him because he just took off and they want to find out what happened. And he's like, screw that. I'm going to Antarctica or wherever, <laughs> the North Pole, and uh, changing my name. They call me Mac, like Mac Truck. That's where you come up with the name. McReady, Mac Ready. What? Oh. <sighs> Mine would be that the monster on the back of his truck at the end of that one, the monster kills him, becomes him. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, okay, keep going, keep going. And then that monster knows that he has a twin brother monster up in Antarctica. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he drains to be a helicopter pilot so he knows he'll get his station to the so your pitch is my pitch, only it's the monster instead of instead of Jack Burton. So he finds out that the Norwegians found him. And he's trying to get rid of some big Oh, wait, the Norwegians found his brother monster. Yeah. You're selling me on this, man. You are selling so me on this. He has to play along like, oh, no, they're going to find my brother. And what we find out is Childs is his brother, and they're both monsters. And they just wait. Childs is a monster. Childs becomes the monster at the end. Okay. So, oh, since since so his brother they, monster the, the took one that over got killed in the tunnel was like a brother of theirs, but he's like a half brother, and they didn't like him. So they're okay, <laughs> so they're okay with it. <laughs> okay. He was a jerk. What amuses me so much about that, and I think in the moment I'm slightly off. I'm slightly wrong. I said your pitch is basically just my pitch, but it's the monster. Your pitch was a little different. It wasn't exactly my pitch, but dude, that's one of my favorite examples of like, neither of us knew what to do. We didn't take it seriously, this universe at all. It wasn't anything where like, yeah, we want to do this and it's going to be fun. It was like, dude, we don't know. I don't want to put these universes together. I don't want to do that to the thing. So, So Matt D had given us a good pitch. So we led with that. And when it came times for ours, I think you had said something. You had a little pitch or something, but you weren't sure what to do with it. So then I was like, well, what if we did this? And then I riffed on it for a while. And then you jumped on and riffed on that. And dude, that one was so funny. That one made me laugh so hard. That's that's the, exactly the kind of thing I was hoping for with the pitches. It's just like, just an excuse for us to like jump back and forth on ideas and just have fun, laugh and come up with ridiculous stuff 
I think another one too, and I think you might agree was because I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, even though it was hella weird was the drive in a transporter. <laughs> Dude, you're hitting. No, I think it's pretty obvious that some of what our best ones are because you're hitting your pitch specifically. Your pitch is another clip I have ready to go. <laughs> Let me set the area here. Okay. So, oh, you're going to set the scene. <laughs> Let me set the scene. Okay. There's, there's two banks on either side of the, of town. Two drivers are hired. Loving it already. Are hired to, to transport. Okay. Okay. Transport and drive. So the two robbers get in the back. Both these drivers have women co-pilots. So they're driving through town, dodging the police. They both lose the police about five minutes each into the thing. Okay. And we're coming down a long road. Okay. And they're coming at each other. And he thinks the car is going to turn the other way. They turn. And collide with each other. Okay. Okay. They get out. And then right there, Jason Statham looks <laughs> looks at Ryan Gosling as like, Do you have insurance? Okay. Do you have do you have insurance? We need to we need to figure this out. I'm I kinda in a rush. Long stare. Long stare. Music comes in right here. And then he just Yeah, yeah, I do. Hands him his insurance card. Okay, scene. Okay, <laughs> okay. We come back. Cops are trying to find him. We're, we're, we're looking at the cops. This is where it goes south. All right. So they're filling out each other's insurance information, and then that's when Jason Statham turns to him and says, "If you weren't so horrible at it driving, this wouldn't have happened." Oh, Ryan Gosling again. Music comes in dun, 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 right here. Dun, dun, dun. And then he bashes Jason Statham's head into the hood of his BMW. Oh. And then Lai, who is with with it, with Frank. We'll just go back to his yeah, name, Frank. character name, Frank. With Frank. Is like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. And then what the camera does, it's in front of her. And it slightly pans to the left. And Irene is standing behind her. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Okay. Oh, she gets the music too, of yeah. course. And now she's got this devious look on her face and then bashes Lai's head into the window to back him up. Oh. Credits. <laughs> Did you just have the drive couple beat the crap out of the transporter couple? Yeah. And credits. Yeah, yep. So yeah, your pitch was ridiculous. Ridiculous, and I did not see it coming. First off, I didn't expect you to like Drive that much. And Transporter, you said, was one of your favorite movies. And when it came time for your pitch, the fact that you had the Drive people, the Drive characters, beat the crap out of the Transporter characters, I was like, what? What? It's so good. Right. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, I, Transporter was like, because I was always, of course, if, if you don't know me, and the listener doesn't know me, I've always been a big lover of cars and transporter when I was a kid was like that car action hero. And I was into action movies, but to see drive and how crazy that, that movie turned out was just, I actually, if, if you remember, I've rated that higher than transporter drive was that movie. is So up and down is crazy. Okay. So I want to throw in also because I have now there's more good pitches, but I picked out five of my own, my own favorite, and you hit three of them. So I'm going to jump in and, and throw out another one of my favorite pitches. It was a, a somewhat recent episode, and it was actually Dustin's pitch from Big and Jack. 
Big starring Tom Hanks and Jack starring Robin Williams. I am really excited about this pitch because I think that there is a lot of money to be made in a big Jack shared universe. And here's how we get there. Uh, we need to do a prequel where we go back and view the history of Zoltar. Zoltar is actually like the genie in Aladdin was placed in that gaming machine. Uh, was just waiting, just waiting for his mark to show up one day and actually follow through with asking a question when it was unplugged, because when it is unplugged, it runs on voodoo. This is a little known fact. They didn't really explore in big, but that machine runs on voodoo. And so when Josh asks to be big, he is given that opportunity at the cost of another. He doesn't realize this because Zoltar is kind of a, a jerk. He at the expense of another and Zoltar picks from any time period he wants and he has an issue with Diane Lane, her character, because she had had yes! an opportunity. She had had an opportunity to get a wish granted from Zoltar when she was a child, and she had turned it down because she said voodoo and magic isn't real. And so he goes back in time and actually causes at the expense of Jack Powell. Now he has this advanced Werner syndrome, and everything would have been okay. The Werner syndrome would have just been normal, but when Josh goes back to reverse his wish, Zoltar extracts a heavy cost, and that's how Jack becomes who he is. Unbeknownst to that character, if we could basically cut the end of the movie off and maybe him and the kids go on like a Goonies-style adventure to find the Zoltar machine <laughs> to reverse it, and that could be the end of the trilogy, uh, I feel like Patton Oswalt in the in parks and rec right now because they go back they find zoltar they murder zoltar in the past and that gets josh back to being big and he gets to hook up with susan in the in like the real time so like 2000 him and susan have a great life uh and jack gets to live happily ever after it's all good zoltar is gone but it's all about voodoo both of our guests have had great pitches but Dustin's was perfect because like I kind of had an inkling of what I wanted to do with mine, but I wasn't sure how to connect it. And then he came and like unexpectedly hit hit me with like an even darker version of this of the mashing of these two fairly lighthearted movies. And like I lost it. I lost it. So that one, dude, that's why that one really stands out because it's great. And I was like, dude, it's exactly the kind of thing I wanted to do, but like nailed down so much better than what I would have put forward on my own. And it's hilarious. And then my other one, my other favorite, I feel a little funny picking one of my own pitches, but this is definitely one of my own pitches, but it was inspired by you because this was another one where I had no idea what we were going to do before going into it, but it was the Hardcore Henry and Crank 2 High Voltage pitch. So after the end of Hardcore Henry, he's shot, his plane's going down, I'm assuming. Who's, who's flying that helicopter, by the way? Because they're not paying attention to nothing. Anyway, uh, and his battery pack is low. So he hits the ground. He decides, screw it. He's got to try to get this battery pack charged. So he grabs onto some, he finds a transformer and amps him up. He's got no Jimmy to help him out, to patch him up anymore. So he finds some doctor, some skeezy, back, <laughs> back, second bedroom operating room doctor to patch him up. That doctor looks suspiciously like Dwight Yoakam, country music sensation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
So it's pretty easy to put Hardcore Henry and Crank Universes together. It's pretty much done. I mean, they have in this, they have the same problem. They had their battery pack that fuels their heart is dying. So they have the exact same problem. So I'm thinking it'll either be a combination of, I don't think it'll be a team up. Maybe it'll be a team up, but then something goes wrong and it becomes Henry versus Chilios. But they've basically, even though, even though Chilios got his heart back, you know, there's going to be some other issue. I mean, he's burnt to a crisp. There's going to be some other issue where he's still got to amp himself up. We're going to have two dudes just, just chasing after each other and going on fetch quests and fighting each other. And they've constantly got to like electrify themselves and shoot themselves up with, uh, adrenaline and just get amped up. Uh, at one point there's going to be a, live television sex scene or something like that because you got to the crank movies you got to amp it up because the first one there was like the sex scene in public was i don't remember what the setup was but the, i remember the racetrack scene was like amping that up so you know we got to take that to the next level oh oh you know what here it is what about this so that's one movie we'll do we'll do like a team up like they're fighting each other and then mm-hmm. they and then they end up like befriending each other and they have to fight somebody else. That somebody else they have to fight is the girlfriend or the wife from Hardcore Henry, who her herself had a very uh, crank high voltage situation where she fell out of this helicopter, hit the ground, somebody scooped her up, put a fake heart in there. So she's got to do the thing. And it's just all three of them. Just They're just fighting. <laughs> so that's okay. the conflict. That's- I thought you were going to use the other F word there. But <laughs> they're just, they're all just fighting. Yeah. They're just having a super brawl. <laughs> they're just banging around in cars and slamming together bad guys, skulls. And I was like, are they all have the heart? And they all have to have like three something to get all the friction. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's the climax. Of the movie, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> they all have to like they're fighting and they're all three about to die because they're like all low power and then, and then, Chilios is like friction, and they're just like oh, and it's kind of begrudgingly, but then they all agree to do it. it. Henry just and that's where it says in the text, Henry just nods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how this movie will go is anytime we're following Henry or Henry's in the scene, it's his point of view. But at any time we're following anybody else, it's just insane camera action constantly circling around, handheld camera jerking about, skating by. At one point, the action is happening, but it's like the camera operator just like kept skating down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But where it culminates with friction with the orgy between all the characters who are all now like hardcore Henry cranked up. They need electricity to survive and stuff. And it's just insane action. And you threw, I think you threw out the thing like, you know, they need to rub against each other to get powered up. And I was like, just three of them just going at it. (laughs) You know, just that one was fun. Orgy. Was there any, any others that stood out to you, Jasper? Those were, we hit the five main ones that I wanted to talk about. I mean, there were good ones. There were there were great ones. Jesse's pitch was just his wasp woman and ants pitch was just 
off the wall. He pulled in, I don't even remember what it was, but he pulled in just other properties and it was just insane. And then he also had a great, his pitch for the season one finale with a Knight Rider and Robocop. So good. So good. So yeah, there's a lot of pitches that were a lot of fun that we, you know, obviously we don't have time to talk about, but yeah, that's it, man. That was 2018 in a nutshell. It's been a good, so far, what, a good 20 episodes. I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to everything we got lined up, everything we got coming in 2019. I'm looking forward to see how the cinematic universe expands in 2019. Listener, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, share it with a friend. Share it with a friend. I've been Randall Sylvie. You can find me at Randall Sylvie. It's R-A-N-D-A-L-S-I-L-V-E-Y on Twitter or go to RandallSylvie.com or screw all that and just go to GrawlixPodcast.com. Listen to this show. Listen to the Grawlix Podcast or follow both of the shows on Twitter at GCU Podcast and at Grawlix Podcast. Jasper, how about you? This has been Jasper and you can find me on Twitter at Caranzo Media, which is at symbol. You don't, have, you don't have to do the at symbol. Okay. Oh, you're trying, like you're trying to nail that? You, okay, you can do the at if you want. It's kind no, of no. like your at. It's like your hammer hitting the bullet and then you fire off the... I don't know. No. You like We're guns, right? You can find me at Caranzo Media, which is K-O-R-A-N-S-O-M-E-D-I-A. I feel like I, yeah. I feel like I ruined you just now. No, no, actually, I felt better doing it that way. Well, the ads aren't necessary. People know, and if they don't know, they're not on Twitter. all over the place i think as soon as i like started crawling on the floor is when this became a mess and i'm gonna have to edit this thoroughly uh <laughs>